You're listening to the Ollie at UNT podcast, recorded at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas, where we offer courses, events, and more for intellectually curious adults age 50 and better. To learn more about our program, please visit our website, olli.unt.edu. Now, let's join our host, Ollie at UNT member, Susan Supak, as she sits down for a conversation with one of the people who makes our program so special. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ollie. I'm speaking with Dr. James Goodnow, Adjunct Professor of International Studies at the University of North Texas, where he teaches global economics and international business. He is also a professor and coordinator emeritus of international business at the Foster College of Business Administration of Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, where he taught undergraduate and graduate international business courses. In 1995 and 2003, he was a visiting professor of international business at the University of Economics in Prague in the Czech Republic. He has also taught courses in international business, marketing, economics, and management at Indiana, DePaul, Eastern Michigan, Roosevelt, Northwestern, and Georgia State University. And additionally, he served as program director at the University of Michigan's Institute of International Commerce chair of the marketing department at Roosevelt University, director of the Institute of International Business at Georgia State University, and managing director of the Georgia World Congress Institute in Atlanta. Not to mention, Dr. Goodnow has written an impressive number of books and articles focusing on international business. Wow! That's great. That's not even everything that I have read about you. Welcome, Dr. Goodnow. Well, thank you, Susan. Glad to be here. What a remarkable background you have. You also have quite a history of volunteer service, contributing to the communities you've lived in from across the country. Well, I've done what I can when when it's risen to the occasion. I I started out, my first wife was uh, going to graduate school, and my son was in Cub Scouts, and normally you have a a den mother. In this case, I was a den dad. So they started out with the Cub Scouts, and after that, I got involved with the Institute for International Education, and we were running programs for students from around the Midwest, and continued with that group when I moved to Atlanta, and we were working on a program in, in Jamaica. When I moved to Texas a few years ago, I volunteered volunteered to work with the Ropes and Ranch Roadrunners Travel Club and did quite a bit with them. And then in addition to that, I was a member of the Kiwanis Club. I stopped doing that type of thing when I started to teach part-time at UNT. And that was about five or six years ago. Well, what connected you to Ollie? Well, actually, it goes back to the beginning of Ollie's history. Oh, it does? Yeah, I first heard about Ollie when it was basically in the mind of one person. His name was Richard String, who was the former director of the audiology department at, at UNT. And when Richard retired, he had this brainstorm that there ought to be a continuing education opportunity for people in Denton. So he talked to the powers that be, and the Emeritus College was created. And then from that, eventually, Ollie came along, which then resulted in the tremendous growth that the program has had from the ideas of one guy to more than 500 members. 
years. It has expanded incredibly, and we've all sure benefited from it. Well, I got involved. I was thinking about Ollie from the start. In fact, I mentioned to you earlier that I was over in China with the Roadrunners trip and was talking to one of the people on the trip while we were looking at the great exhibit in, in Xi'an of the Terracotta Warriors. I was more concerned at that time about continuing education opportunities here in Denton and thought that maybe, you know, a program like this could get going. Well, that was about the time the, the Emeritus College was actually getting started, so it was planted in the back of my mind. But I didn't decide to work with Ali till actually the beginning of last year. I had just had too many other things on my agenda. How's your experience been with that? I know you've had students from, my goodness, a large number of universities. How do you compare the two students, the, the groups of students? Well, you know, I, I knew we were going to ask that question. So <laughs> I, I was talking with my class, my undergraduate class yesterday, and I said, what, what makes you people different from the adults? I said, well, I just learned in the last week or so the, the definition of the word wisdom. Of course, there are a lot of definitions, but one of them is basically you see the, the world the way that it is. Sounds wise to me. One of the things that I find with more mature students, and I find as people get older and older, the wisdom kicks in more and more, and it's basically it's a matter of experience. Yes. Uh, the undergrad students that I have are plenty bright, so there's, there's not really a difference in intelligence, but it basically is, is experience. The more that people can bring that experience to bear, particularly in the areas that I teach, which are pretty much current events, I think it's, it's really helpful. And also to get a, a cross-section of views from people who have a wide variety of experiences, professionally and, and personally. Certainly have a lot to bring to the table, don't they? They certainly do. Now, I've noticed you were a ambassador and on the curriculum committee. Are you still in those positions? Yeah, I volunteered to be an ambassador just because I think the program is so good. And really all I do there is I'll go to various places and sit at information tables and promote programs. Uh, in terms of the curriculum committee, when they found out that I had background in travel, that they volunteered me chair of the day trippers program, which we can talk about another time. Absolutely. We're going to have an entirely separate podcast yeah. on that. I can't wait. But uh, the other thing the curriculum committee does is we re- review all the proposals for classes. And we also take a look at proposals for not only the day trips, but the domestic and international overnight trips that Ali does, and basically approve and critique the classes and programs that are going to be offered. So you mentioned that you're teaching current events right now. Mm-hmm. That would be the Great Decisions Program? That's right. That's right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the Great Decisions Program is now over 50 years old. It was founded in 1954 by a vice president of the group that puts this together. It's called the Foreign Policy Association, which is a national association based in New York City, which is now in its 100th year. Wow. But the uh, the idea came to a vice president of the association, who at the time was living in Portland, Oregon. And somehow the press found out what was going on, and immediately there was a demand just about everywhere in the country for this type of program. So over the years, a format has been put together that basically creates the largest foreign policy discussion program for individual citizens in the United States. That's impressive. They have programs like we're going to be doing at UNT at dozens of places in Texas and hundreds of places around the country. Uh, I first heard about the program probably while I was surfing the web way back when, but it really attracted me. So I, I didn't really get active in it until about 
three or four years ago, and I raised it with some of the people who do education programs at my church, and they said, well, why don't you put together a program here? So we did that for two or three years, and then I mentioned it to the Ali people, and they said, hey, this would be great to, to do for us. You had a tremendous response. <laughs> Much, it's really I think gratifying. It, it's, the it, program for this semester is sold out with a waiting yeah. list. Would you say if they're interested, they can still get on the waiting list? Well, sure, you can get on the waiting list, but you know, you, the probability of getting in is, is probably relatively small. So is there any hope for people who want to take it later? Well, yeah, there is. We're talking about maybe repeating it again at another location, perhaps Robeson Ranch in the fall. That would be awesome. Uh, and Robeson Ranch can accommodate more people than we can here at, uh, on Scripture Street. But at any rate, it's a, it's a challenging program for is people. It- yeah. What do people do? Is there homework? How do they get ready? I mean, your background lends itself, of course. You probably wouldn't need to do any preparation for this kind oh, of thing. Yeah. I mean, you have an amazing background internationally and traveling and everything else, teaching. So what does the typical Ollie well, member do when well, they go to uh, this? The program comes with a couple of things. Number one, we have a video. We have eight different topics that we cover. The Foreign Policy Association selects those topics each year in the late fall, and then they are used for the whole calendar year. Oh, they change each year. They change each year, but during the calendar year, they stay the same. This year, the whole variety of current topics, like, for example, trade with China, migration, populism in Europe, uh, cyber conflict, the United States and Mexico, the future of the Department of State. I mean, those are really some pretty... Yeah, pretty intelligent, pretty heady topics, and certainly important topics. So anyway, what they do, they they go out around the country and they find top experts uh, from government and from the private sector and academia and so forth. And these experts, along with other videos that help people visualize things, will give brief comments on whatever the topic happens to be. So it's like a half-hour video. And then after that, we have group discussion. To prepare for that group discussion, there is a book that individuals can buy. And they basically read one chapter per week, and then it has a set of questions at the end. And we base our discussion on those end-of-chapter discussion questions. I, I edit them a little bit and add some things to them, but basically that's what it is. That's- Do you find sometimes when you're going through these conversations and these discussions on these hot topics that people might get a little angry or forceful? Uh, you know, we as human beings tend to be selective in terms of the information that we take in. And sometimes we weigh things more heavily than perhaps the true sense is. Okay, I am a person who tends to be very eclectic, and I like to see the big picture, and I, I relish complexity, and I like to balance the complexity and look for kind of a middle way to solve things. Well, most people don't think that way. We see it in current politics today, that people tend to be swayed very heavily by one side or another side, and they, they take their information from limited sources. They have these preconceived conceptions about things and then filter their information through that? That's that's basically what it is. You know, Some of it is, is things that have been in place since childhood. You get into a particular culture, you might say, and part of culture has to do with political parties or whatever, and that's that's kind of a global thing, and sometimes it has to do with, with experience. That Some people, if, if you're looking at, at things that are international, well, you'll be more prone to be a globalist if you've had good global experiences, meaning you've traveled, 
you've taken foreign language, you have studied courses, you have done stuff on your in your professional life, uh, but you've had basically good experiences, and other people haven't had them, or if they've had experiences, they may be associated with one or two people. I'll just give you one case example. It had to do with my, my late wife, a wonderful person. And I said, Tanya, I said, what we ought to think about is, is going to China. And she said, well, I had know this lady that I was working with on the job. And she was from somewhere in Asia. I didn't like her because of things that she did to me. And I said, well, you know, not all Chinese behave that way. So I said, let's let's go to Beijing and see what you think. Well, she, we came back and and it was a 180, you know, from that point on. She realized there were a whole lot of people in China, Not right? only a whole lot of people, but a whole lot of interesting things. Yes. So she not only went on that trip, but she went on an extended one that we did and eventually became a real China lover. So I'm just saying that people can change, you know, and, but it's, just, it's a matter of experience. That's a, a great matter of story. Getting their, their eyes open. And that's part of what, what the Great Decisions Program does. Exactly, by having these conversations. Exactly. Yeah, very mind-expanding and changing perceptions and updating ideas on right. as how as things work. As long as you're willing to, to think, you know, outside the box. Do you ever have to settle people down in the conversations? Do people uh, ever get angry and forceful? And I, in my experience, I've had people who will try to hog the floor, okay? And you eventually you have to say, well, let's take a look at another idea. Uh, and in my previous iteration of teaching this, we only had an hour to do it, whereas here we have an hour and a half. So you can let people vent a little bit more, but you, you still want to make sure that, you know, everybody who, who wants to say something get in. So... I'm looking at maybe breaking the, the class. It's just 50 people, and I'm thinking of breaking it into smaller groups of maybe three groups or four groups or whatever, and then having them discuss in smaller groups and then and have them report back to the bigger group and see what the, the overall ideas are. We can share that way. Greater opportunity for participation. It sounds amazing. What an opportunity for people. Good on you for the people who signed up. And I truly hope it's being offered next semester. That's incredible. That just sounds amazing. I think people are in for an incredibly interesting time. Well, it's been fun when I've, I've done it in the past. In the past, I uh, haven't used this type of more formal discussion format because the group's been smaller. So I'll show the video and then just say, what do you think? And then people will chime in and say whatever their thoughts are. But it's not as maybe as, as well structured as it's going to be this semester. So classes normally with Ollie are one or two sessions, and then that's it for the semester. You right. don't go all semester long. I'm gathering this format is different. This one is different because it has eight 90-minute sessions, but each one is self-contained because each one addresses a different topic. So a person could attend one session and basically have the equivalent of what you'd normally find in an Ollie course. But it's it's basically taking eight courses for the same price, which is it's really a good deal. It's phenomenal. <laughs> especially given all of the material that's already gone into preparing people for yeah. it. I think there are going to be some incredible discussions. I hope and, so. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's going to be amazing. I'm sure it'll be interesting to see what your comments are after the class. 
Now, you did already do this same class at your church, you say? Yeah, it, different topics, but it's okay. still part of the Great Decisions program. And yeah. what were some of the comments? What was some of the feedback you received from well, people? That everybody was enthused about it, yeah. you know, and, and people would come back. But uh, there I would have people who would drift in and out, depending on what their availability was and depending on the topic. Whereas here, it's a, a little bit more of a structured type thing where I won't take role, okay? <laughs> won't give grades. <laughs> But if, if people come in prepared, it's going to make it a, a better learning experience for them. And the other thing is that's nice about this is that at the end of the program, you can fill out a questionnaire, which is actually in the book, but you can do it online. And the results of that questionnaire are compiled on a national basis, and then they're actually given to Congress. Really? Yeah. How for, interesting. For Congress people to think about it, and actually the State Department, but probably in today's political arena, the Congress is a better place to send that information. That's great. And I guess it would be a good time, too, to add that the students will also be given a survey from Ali to fill out, and yeah. they can also recommend further topics. So I'm sure that... Well, yeah, although the the Great Decisions program is pretty much cut in stone, you know, we, we can't change the topics. But if there are other topics, yeah, that those are things that could be addressed in other Ali courses. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Goodnow. I really appreciate you speaking with me today. Thank you. And I just want to remind our listeners that we do have another podcast with you focusing on a special interest groups with the day trippers. So we will be talking to you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you.